and welcome to this episode of the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast, where my musical co-host Phil Reese and I travel to the Newtown Book and Record Exchange in Newtown, Pennsylvania to talk to singer-songwriter and shop owner Chelsea Mitchell. Chelsea is a founder of Dirty Dollhouse, a band that has played Music Fest this past summer and is made up of Chelsea herself, of course, on guitar and lead vocals, Eric Lawry on drums, percussion, and backing vocals, August John Lutz II on electric guitar, and Joshua Machis on bass. Atwood Magazine had this to say about Dirty Dollhouse. I quote, In all Dirty Dollhouse's musical works, you can feel the homey Nashville vibe wrapped like a warm blanket around your body. Her music is inspired by folk, country, and pop, so as to create a brand new intimate genre of her own. She is often compared to artists like Nicole Atkins, Casey Musgraves, and Brandi Carlisle. Mitchell, who has got a very unique vocal range, considers herself a singer-songwriter as her songs represent an autobiographical vibe. It almost feels like reading and flicking through someone else's diary pages, end quote. We encourage you to also watch the video portion of this episode that is linked in the show notes. On location at the Newtown Book and Record Exchange is a lot of fun. There's a ton of vinyls in there, tons of old books. Uh, Really encourage you to check that out. And we want to thank Chelsea, of course. And we want to thank our sponsors, Michael Bernadine of Remax Realty, Molly's Irish Grill and Sports Pub in Bethlehem. You can find out more information about them in our show notes, and you can become one by hitting us up. Send us an email, info at lehighvalleywithlovemedia.com. I am your host, George Wacker, and let's get to it. Chelsea Mitchell of Dirty Dollhouse on location at the Newtown Book and Record Exchange with my musical co-host, Phil Reese. So this is a different setup. Um, Phil, we're we're here in Newtown at the Newtown. Wait, see, you just gave me the card, and now we're just the Newtown Book and Record Exchange. There's always that great opening where we're just clean, clean, crisp, well rehearsed. Well, this is like we're on location. We're going to get into all the, the the different reasons why, but this is really unique. I love vinyl. Clearly, I hope you love vinyl. Uh, we're, we're here with Chelsea Mitchell, who's the owner, uh, and then also a, a member of the Dirty Dollhouse, or Dirty Dollhouse, and we're yep. going to get into that first. But I want to talk about this because it's like a magnificent, magnificent mess, and I mean that in the nicest <laughs> way possible. <laughs> like I could spend a week in here just sure. going through stuff. Uh, could a you week talk? would not be enough. How did you? How did you wind up here? Like how did this happen? Um, right out of high school, I. Uh, this was like my first paycheck job, my first on the books, have to report to the government job. <laughs> and uh, I just never left. There's something that is so nostalgic about this place, and I am like a hopeless, nostalgic, romantic person, and being surrounded by old things, things that used to belong to people. Um, things passed down it's it just gives me comfort and also the fact that i get to listen to whatever music i want all day long <laughs> that has always been a big draw for me what was spinning when we came in what, what, uh, the Beatles? just playing magical mystery tour yeah. that's what i mean it was like yeah the, what, the classic entry music was great yeah i thought let's go with whimsy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so what what year did you purchase this did you say? i just purchased like, the store um, after working here, oh gosh, I guess at that point I had worked here for over 15 years, and then I purchased it in December of 2020. 
Um, everybody knows 2020 was the a great time, year. Best time to, to purchase uh, a bookstore. A good year for risks, especially <laughs> financial risks. So I just went with it, you know. Um, and is I mean I have to be honest. I haven't been in Newtown in a while. I haven't been out of my house in a while uh, due to the pandemic. H- how is the the scene down here? How do you enjoy having your shop in Newtown? It's beautiful uh, well, as we're driving in. Uh, honestly, I I just love this town. I, I mm-hmm. grew up here. I am a lifelong Bucks County resident, and um, I you know I spent some time at Bucks County Community College studying music and met a lot of wonderful people there. They have such a strong music program at that community college. It's really like top tier and. I just learned a lot about a bunch of different genres, got really into jazz there. Uh, I made so many friends. Um, actually ended up meeting somebody who introduced me to my husband <laughs> at that college. I went to Council Rock, so, you know, okay. this town will always be home to me. So it feels extra appropriate that I'm now making this my life's work to bring music to this town. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. And, uh, you know, just being a business owner is a different kind of resident. Like, that's pretty uh, yes, cool. Yes, yes. I described it once as a contract with your town. That's where it's, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not just a business person in town. I am a purveyor of knowledge, of uh, comfort, of intrigue, of, you know... <laughs> Whatever, whatever you come here for, it's not as simple as books and records. It's always something else, a gift, something to show. There's a song in there. There's <laughs> lyrics to forming there. I can see it, a purveyor of, of, of history there. We were saying this just before we started, um, like how many, how many records I've purchased in the last year, and you know why is that? And I think it's because it's a way to kind of own it a little mm-hmm. bit more. You have more time with it. It's more tactile. You know, sitting down and putting it on the needle is something. Have you experienced any, like, revivals of new people coming in and and trying vinyls or old books even? I have experienced just a wide range of collectors since I, you know, for as long as I've worked here. But in the past few years when this really uh, saw a resurgence, I've seen people who collected 30, 40 years ago who <laughs> come in lamenting that they sold their collection and they're starting over again because they miss final. I have kids from the high school walking over after school, awesome. just starting, going through the dollar bin, trying to build their catalog. And um, there's something for everybody here. So I, I'm, really, I'm really happy to see people coming back to connecting with their music because I can tell you a thousand percent I do not have the same feeling about albums I just downloaded on Apple Music mm-hmm. as I do about albums that I I gave 20 bucks I have the physical copy I opened it up I read the liner notes mm-hmm. I spun it front front to back there's there's no comparison um, about that level of interaction with your music and sitting with it and the thing about record players is <laughs> you have to sit near that record player and right, listen yeah. to the record. You yep. can't just like be walking around town with your headphones on, you know, 
trying to absorb. Well, I guess you could, but he would look very <laughs> awkward. Which like very, very awkward. The Discman version of yeah. a record player. <laughs> like, what? Make Good sure you God. have the anti-skip protection, right? Oh, God. And, it, and if you're of a certain age, Google Discman because uh-huh. you'll need help with that one. Right. How many people come in looking for your music or, or, or even know that you're an or like what do you have a sense <laughs> of the ratio there that people may not even know you're this spectacular uh, artist I am very bad at uh, <laughs> self promotion <laughs> comically bad to the point where my band oftentimes does not want me at the merch table because I'm just like I'm like you know what just take it just just you can just take it or people asking me prices and I'm like it's clearly listed next to me and I lowball myself like it's it's 10 but just you really five. like it five is good and uh so that's been a struggle for me forever I don't know why I just I like making music I don't like talking about myself making music sure. or maybe um, it's like I, I, mean, I don't want to say but just you know there's a business to it that might not be it's like I just want to make it and share yeah. it and I get that there's a business mm-hmm. to it but eh. Yeah, that's not my favorite side of being a musician. I like I like being with my band. I like connecting with an audience and performing and making people happy. And beyond that, <laughs> I do enjoy having a manager who does my dirty work. <laughs> I do not particularly like slinging my own records. Although there is a copy in this store, it's well, funny to, find to watch. Find it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny to watch people pick it up and put it down and pick it up and look at me right. and <laughs> looks familiar. Yeah, after a couple minutes of that, they're like, "Is, is this you?" <laughs> like, I don't know. Is it? Yeah. Is it? You'll have to decide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should buy it and find out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but so, yeah, unfortunately, we are going to ask you some questions. About oh, right, right. <laughs> That's no, why we're here. Let's listen, we all did a shot before this. <laughs> yes. We're nice and loose. We're good. Um, so typically what I like to do is just kind of go back to the beginning and just kind of start it out. And, and from what I understand, uh, primarily in whether it was middle, middle school or high school, it was poetry that you were writing. But then you were taught like people recognize you had also a very good singing voice so you were t- learning how to sing and then set that to music is that kind of how it starts yeah i was v- i am very much um an english major <laughs> <laughs> i am very much that person who loved writing and reading and uh creating things whether they were poems or just little scenes sometimes i would write like like little mini plays Mm -hmm. and I think I just never had the confidence of standing in front of people and singing until there was a woman at my church who was actually a lifelong opera Mm -hmm. singer like a world (laughs) world touring opera singer with her husband and she heard me in choir one day and she was just like I will give you free lessons what do you (laughs) so that really kind of changed my life because I don't I I was too shy to be like oh I yeah I'm a star I'm Mm -hmm. a I belong um up there singing solos I just didn't I didn't think of that at the time and then some just one person believed in me and that's all it took that's amazing. I mean, yeah. that, that's a lot of times what we're hearing is that story around the one person who made you believe in yourself, and it changes the whole world. 
Yeah. Or it's did, they give you like a different perspective? Like you've been, hey, I've been doing it this way. And they're like, you know what? I've seen a lot of things and I've seen what you do. And I think that it can work well in the things that I've seen. And that, you know, like you just said, like generally can, who knows? Like why not yeah. take a chance? Yeah. I mean, I, it's funny because I, my, I didn't take like your Mariah Carey voice lessons or anything like that. Nobody was training me to be a pop star. I, I have like, over 10 years of classical voice training under mm -hmm. my belt, mm -hmm. which is strange to think about considering the music I write is is not classical. But it comes through. Like I think that's what's amazing about your sound and then where you're kind of impossible to put into a genre. Like We always talk about this. People we come were talking to, about this in the drive yeah, down here. Where we were like, people always come to George and I saying, you know, oh, you should check out this band at Music Fest. I'm like, well, what genre are they? I'm like, I can't even pick one because it's like three different types. And because any one of them would put that person in a mindset of either liking it and then not getting what they asked for or not liking it and missing out on a great opportunity. So you do have these moments of like it does sound operatic in the most beautiful of ways. And then other times folky and all the times singer songwriter. And then they always kind of give you this, you know, the, the reviews I've read where it's like, oh, and always this touch of Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand that one at all. But I guess what they're trying to say is it kind of has a country sound to it but I would listen disagree. anytime you have pedal steel on any song they're like oh yes touch a <laughs> touch of uh, Nashville where have I heard that before <laughs> music row but well, one of our friends he said Roy Orbison one of the one song we were listening to he's walking around here yeah he Hollywood said it sounds like a Roy Orbison song Roy is my favorite male voice of all time uh -huh. John is. nailed it he's right there so okay, There's, well that was a very an astute. That was an astute observation. Yeah, he's an absolute angel. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would agree. As soon as he said it, I said you've got it right. I've always heard Joni Mitchell, which I don't really hear in a lot of reviews. Well, but then I heard you say it once, and again, I think you're a really big fan of hers too. Ah, uh, she yes. So I have Joni, and then I have Roy. <laughs> so <laughs> that, if you were to ask me to just like, you can only listen to two people for the rest of your life. Um, I'm big on the vocals where. I can forgive a corny lyric or two if you sound like the angelic cherub that, <laughs> that no, you're Roy right. is. You're right. I can forgive some of those old-fashioned lyrics because it just sounds nobody like sounded like him. Mm -hmm. Nobody. Where does a young girl get into Roy Orbison? Like, how did you? Was <laughs> it like, some, like this? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. No, well, it certainly helps to get an education when uh, when you're working in a record store for <sighs> sixteen years, but. Um, I learned everything I know about music from my dad. Okay, me. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was, for lack of a better word, instrumental <laughs> in in <Nailed> my <laughs> upbringing. Where, you know, I understand some time has passed, but there are teenagers, twelve, thirteen year olds, who walk in and don't know who Led Zeppelin mm -hmm. is. They don't know. And they might wear the t-shirt. <laughs> I, I have a sad story about well, that. Well, Target <laughs> is really capitalizing on those fan t-shirts <laughs> yeah. right now. But and, and that's not, I don't blame them. I think, you know, they're... Uh, no, I mean I, their clan has it's, failed them. It's fine. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Their immediate family, um, who should have been Pumping them full of Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, well, Beatles, there's all this, that. There was an NBA player who 
uh, was getting a lot of love. He was wearing like uh, Megadeth and Metallica stuff. And then he went on Twitter. He's like, guys, I feel bad. Like, I, I don't really know these bands. I just really like the designs. <laughs> so I think part of it's that too. Like those 80s metal. Yeah. I'm sure there's a ton in here. Mm -hmm. Like those albums were just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was a little bit past at that point. But I remember mm -hmm. my brother would be like, you just, you look at those records. You're like, this is a world of what am I getting into? Yeah, like yeah. I'm taking this home and experiencing Absolutely. this. Absolutely. It was a weird time when like rock and roll wasn't just a music; it was a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And then you wanted to like take a little sliver of that from whoever you were admiring at the time. I mean, I guess the thing with me, like I love and hate it because with Spotify, as much as it may be not good, I've also found bands through it that I, there's zero chance I would have found, who I've also purchased records from and vinyl, and you know they've sent them from France, England, and like. They have the return address on them. That's how, you know, DIY some of this stuff is. So I think there's like a yin and yang mm -hmm. with it, but I, I think they can work together because they're clearly, they're still making the records. There's still stores that you want to visit. Sure. So like I, I, I guess my point is I agree, and then I'm just kind of like, I, you know, we're right. going to have to move forward, so how can it work together? together? Yeah. And I think it can't. You're always going to need, like, that. The, what I love about the vinyls is that we're coming back to them, mm -hmm. which means, like, people are attracted to them. It's not something, it's not a fake revival. It's a genuine, like, we're purchasing them, there's money behind it. So that's yeah. energizing. It means that more bands are putting them out on vinyl than they're putting them out on CD. Yeah. Right? I mean, I could be wrong on that. I just, no, I, I think I, I saw I, that on that the way. internet. I think um, we're seeing a lot of, and, you know, just being on the business side of dealing with the supply chain here, I have sometimes a lot of trouble, more trouble when a CD is backordered than when a vinyl is backordered. Hmm. Where, you know, let's say Dark Side of the Moon, which <laughs> coincidentally has been backordered <laughs> multiple times <laughs> this past year. You really those guys still getting their royalty? Well, it's Pink Floyd. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That I know yeah. will come in sooner than if the CD version of that was backordered. Yeah. I just don't think the efforts and materials are being put into CDs because my, my car doesn't have a CD player. My mm -hmm. laptop doesn't have a CD they player. Yeah. Like if you yeah. look at it, like that medium was, I guess, good for the time, but it doesn't. It doesn't have the je ne sais quoi <laughs> that a, a vinyl there, does. Well, I was just telling somebody the other day that I'll never forget the smell of opening. Like, when CDs were in their peak, mm -hmm. their prime, mm -hmm. and you could tell that they were just manufactured, sealed up, sent off as quickly as possible. I remember opening that plastic and opening the CD in this chemical mm -hmm. rush coming to your nose like yeah, the like ink, yeah, the ink yeah. was barely dry on this and it and now it's in my hands because it's the new you know whatever it was and uh, i have a very specific memory of the spice girls cd smelling like that very specific <laughs> the, the only one i remember yeah all that and then uh, radiohead's kid a came yep. out and then i had the cd i'm like it's cool and then somebody said I don't know how I found it. It was in college, so it might have been the internet, but they're like, crack open the part of the CD, the back end of it, right? Mm -hmm. And you would never, the, the, the tray where the CD yeah, sits. there's like secrets. If you cracked it open, um, there was more liner notes. In there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, well, you know, like and that. still it even, even now though, it still feels gimmicky compared to just, 
here's a vinyl with all this stuff in mm-hmm. it. You know, right. The, oh, they tried. They uh, Listen, I've seen a lot of trends being here for so long. Sure. And CD packaging, they really tried. They had the some big the, ones in the beginning? The, they were like... I have some. Ooh. Yeah. That's wild. I haven't right. seen one of them in a million yeah. years. Sealed. Was there a reason for that? Were they just a stand up? <laughs> yeah, the. Uh... Yeah, because I guess you would you would flip through them like they were vinyl. I I don't know. That I... must have been why. Because I'm just put yeah. Two of them wide. Right. Yeah. It never made any sense to me. It was always like, well, look at all this trash. But but, s- but some of the bands and Radiohead specifically, I do feel like they tried to make their CD packaging interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, maybe they, for their own nostalgia of vinyl. I think it was but, part sure. of their marketing too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and that stuff's noticeable to the consumer if it's like, oh, look at all these. Um, square rectangles of plastic and look at this beautiful booklet with Mm -hmm. a, you know, leather-bound whatever. Like, they... I have seen some really creative ways that they package CDs, but... But then the CD itself is just garbage. Right. You scratch it once... The CD itself was too... Like all the others, to me, it just felt like, oh, you're you're a little precious, aren't you? You're a little <laughs> delicate. Can't take you to the beach, can I? Can't, can't get any sand in that little. Uh, I'm on the bus pocket. and I hit a pothole and it's. Uh-huh. <laughs> they used to like totally, like completely, just skip in the cars, right? And then you're like yep. punch the dashboard, and then it would start playing again. Yep. <laughs> CDs are yeah. still. I still have a definitely a little corner of my heart dedicated to CDs because that's what I grew up with sure. and that's what I remember and I think that's the same with people older than me with vinyl mm-hmm. where you know they I have people who have no interest in buying vinyl but they like to come in here and just flip through and see old album co- covers and take I a trip totally down memory lane mm-hmm. we will always be here for that <laughs> well I came here I told my daughter I'm buying something mm-hmm. probably a Christmas album we need some more Oh, I got, I got Good. some. Good. Well, I got. <laughs> I already some. have the John Denver. Uh, I have the Muppets Christmas. Mm-hmm. Well, my love a... of vinyl was my 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 parents had vinyl. My mom passed away in 2010. I got her vinyl stuff, and then in the last that's George Strait Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and in the last year, the pandemic started. We just. You know, life slowed down for those couple months. We started putting, I wanted my daughter to see a record. She's like, this is crazy. You can make it fast and slow. And then we started pulling them all out. So then we saw these other bands. We're like, they're all trying to sell vinyls. Like, why don't we buy a couple? Mm-hmm. And it just started that whole thing again. And it's been, it's been fun too. Because when you collect one of these, they take up some room. Yes, they you know? do. That is part of and your And you life can display now. it. And That's it's my like, friend's band. Who is this? Jacob the Jacob Horse. Jacob the Horse? <laughs> <laughs> Jacob the Horse. I think that mm. album art is really cool. That's, oh, that's definitely fantastic. Cool. Yeah. And we need a Dirty Dollhouse Christmas album. Yes, we, we do, I guess. We have not <laughs> talked about your music. <laughs> like, well, no, uh, this is what I, like, we always get on good topics, and I'm like, let's go like back 20 to the minutes like, in. we're rolling, let it go. And I'm like, no, we got to get back to the story. Well, you were talking like the Roy, and I'm going to let you, because you know it more. No, no, but like, even with the Roy Orbison stuff, it's just interesting because, you know, from you know what I've listened to, it's very just introspective, deep. I don't know what to what I expected when you know Phyllis said we got you know and I dove into it, but it's really interesting because you have that eclectic taste that you can't say wait a minute, who is this exactly and mm-hmm. and you're kind of chasing it and I feel like that's part of the the fun of listening to it. Yeah, I don't think I I have kind of a problem with artists where every song 
sounds the same or if it's like what you expect it, yeah I don't I don't even know I like I can appreciate so many different kinds of music but sometimes you'll get into a band and you'll want to you'll you'll fall in love with an album and then oh let me see what their back catalog is or let me see <laughs> what their newest album sure, is uh, and it'll sound more or less the same and I just if you if you're not evolving and you're not trying new things and you, if you're not branching out, I might kind of be done with you. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and I don't know why that is, but I I do appreciate artists that take chances or that show me that there are many sides to the to their art, not just. Hey, I can write a really good sad folk song. Mm-hmm. Here are twelve of them. <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, okay. It must be, and I don't mean because I'm sure that is great. But I've seen some. I'm sure you all have some bands who you know they had that hit, and they try to get away from it, but it's still what everybody wants to hear. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Like right. that has to be. T- I mean, even though it's great, because you're like, wow, we made a lot of money or we got popular sure. from this, but we have to keep playing that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we yeah. Through. So about the the, the songwriting, um, I thought there was this interesting story I heard that you the first college you went to in Princeton was Westminster Choir College, right? And that's obviously uh, you know where a lot of this formal classical training mm-hmm. comes from. But then you transfer from there to Temple, and that feels more right. Yeah, I think w- Westminster was lovely. I met some lovely people, mm-hmm. um, and Princeton's obviously a beautiful place to hang around. Oh yeah. I just, at that time in my life, did not want to be in quite a that sheltered of an environment. Right. It just and felt too small, and and that they're and quite the extremes. They are very extreme. I think I needed more options, and that was Temple. Right, and I think this might help because I read this, and I'm sure it'll kind of get to your point. Is that you wanted to be able to write a song however it was going to come to you. So if that was lyrics first or if that was chorus first or whatever, and it sounded like that other one was had this more formulaic and that just wasn't, you didn't feel like that was the right way to approach your, your, your writing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. I don't, um, I, and whatever works for people works for people. Yeah. I don't disparage. If, if a song is coming to you, you just run with it. Or if you need to sit down on your day off between noon and three, <laughs> and that is your writing time, and you have different prompts, good for you. Sure. I wish that it was that <laughs> way for me. Right. I wish that I could like just jot down ideas in a book and then plan a time that I will feel inspired to work on them. I'm definitely more spontaneous, or it it just will come to me and... If I feel the need to flesh out the the idea as a song, I will. Um, Is that how getting into the band, Dirty Dollhouse? Like, how did that then kind of create itself from Temple? Was that? Well, you walk me through that. So, I graduated and then moved back to this area. I lived in Philly for a little bit, played a little bit. Uh, but was 
more. I'm sorry, everyone, for the uhs and the ums. It's fine. I'm so it's sorry. It's like me thinking of a question. I'm <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> we come back here, you find a record store, you're like, I will own that in uh, just, 10 years. Yeah, it just speaks to the genuine uh, nature yeah. of the interview. So, yeah, yeah please, don't, don't worry about that in the slightest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now you're like, <laughs> So, I graduated, I moved back to this area, I found some like-minded people who had you know, since moved on from college and were trying to figure out their lives. I just met a lot of musicians around, what was it? Like sometime between 2009, 2010, 2011, I felt like I just kept meeting more people and playing with different people and ex experimenting with different lineups. And then around 2012, I began dating um, August Lutz, who is my my husband mm -hmm. now. And guitarist in the band. And guitarist of Dirty <laughs> Dollhouse. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> but Dirty Dollhouse back then did not look at all the way it right. does now. Mm -hmm. Because I think I had had kind of enough of bands. I felt like my songs weren't getting translated the way I wanted to on stage and maybe that was because I wasn't forthright enough about it or I didn't I didn't I <laughs> if you couldn't tell I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings <laughs> I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings when they were doing an idea that I didn't particularly like right sometimes things spiraled and then a song sounded nothing like what I wanted it to sound like but it still sounded good mm -hmm. I just it's like, oh, well, my original idea just kind of disappeared. <laughs> because else now. <laughs> yeah. So I met these girls through my husband who were just fantastic singers. One was in the band he was in at the time? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Amber Twait was in Levy Drivers for a bit. And also Vanessa Winters was in a band called The Lawsuits, who oh, don't yeah. exist <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Uh, and I just got along with them personally, musically, everything. It was just really easy, and we had a great time singing together, and I felt like I rediscovered my love of writing songs because of them, because I was now sitting down writing three-part harmony, thinking of them, thinking of... Um, okay. Thinking of... Producing songs just based on this vocal trio rather than, you know, whatever hired hands I had playing drums, bass, guitar. So it's more like a definitive, like, you kind of know. You're writing yeah. for, you're writing a part for a script that you know the actor's going to be doing a good job I took on. it, my OCD took it back to square <laughs> one. We took it all the way back to Can basics. you do this, please? Yeah. Yes. I just loved the simplicity of it and the fact that it was just... It was just me on guitar for 90% of our shows. Occasionally, we had an upright bass, but... Mm -hmm. Is that what you usually write on, guitar, or do you... Yeah, I always yeah. write on guitar. Yeah. Is there a, a story behind the name of the band, or was it just... <laughs> uh, my English degree <laughs> makes me a word nerd a little bit, so I thought, I love alliteration, and I love contradiction, so let's... Let's think. And I just came up with Dirty Dollhouse, where it's like, can you even imagine this, like, pristine little 
pink and white dollhouse, but it's like filthy. <laughs> get it? <laughs> so, yeah, no, I get that. Did you know? Just fact. Now it made me think of this. In Bethlehem, is a Kemmerer Museum by City Hall, is one of the world's. I don't want to say it's right. It's a humongous dollhouse museum. Oh they, wow! This woman in um, New York City had this huge collection and passed away and bequeathed it all. Wow! To the museum, and I think it's. I'll drop that in the notes. Just made me there. think of it. Oh yeah, we did. We had our one hundredth episode there for the podcast. Oh, very put cool. It up. It's fun. It's a it's a museum, but it's very much dirty. Based on visits the dollhouse museum. Uh, it's it's based on see the episode. Well, it's already. based on fa- like there's fashion in there, sure. so it's not like a mute like a. I don't know what's the word for it. It's like a textile museum almost. Mm-hmm. Like there's okay. dresses in there. Like there's interesting things. They have. They did a tattoo museum type thing. So I'll drop it in those. But yeah, that would definitely be one. Okay, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, is the the song "Nobody's Daughter" where things start to kick up a notch, or is there some other moment that? No, happened? that was it. Yeah. That was yeah. "Nobody's Daughter" was the song I wrote before Dirty Dollhouse had actually formed. Mm-hmm. I wrote that song and and wrote these harmonies and. And people loved it. I guess they did. It's okay <laughs> to say they didn't hate it. I guess, it. <laughs> I guess yeah. No. Yeah, I, I, I need like my it. manager here to to field those <laughs> questions. Yes, they did. No, they loved it. It was, it was a number success. one. I'm gonna edit some of that in there. Yeah. Well, right, because I'm sorry, I'm looking at my phone just for notes, but like it was showcased in the American Songwriter magazine. Oh yeah. And oh, that that old thing. Yeah, no that, deal. yeah I guess it was successful. <laughs> and then you also it, it was that the same time you were winning the tri-state indie vocalist of the year. Yeah. So oh, that that award. Okay. <laughs> what is a tri-state indie vocal? Like, who awards that? Uh, there was this, I mean, it might still exist. I just think the the people who ran it um, found other Well, it's interesting, yeah. Yeah, they, what but it was, it was based in Philly because the couple who, who ran Tri-State Indie, it was like this kind of media conglomerate thing, and they covered a bunch of shows and did interviews and, and stuff, and they were very cool, and really important to the Philly music scene when I was starting. Mm-hmm. That's Steph and Rich. Okay. Yeah, and I meant that in a positive way. I'm just, yes. you know, it's interesting when you see that, I'm like, who, you know, where is this coming? What are the states? Mm-hmm. Is it Delaware? I or is don't it know. Maryland? I, listen, it, I never which one, asked three? which three states. I think it's... <laughs> I would assume it's Delaware. Is it Pennsylvania, right. New, York, New York, and New Jersey? What? I, well, New York's like, I guess. Well, when I lived up there, it was always Tri-State and it was tri New, York, like New Jersey, Northern. Connecticut. Because I, I grew know. up on Long Island. That's so. what Tri-State know. to me always was like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Right. Listen, I won the award and no, I was it's too just, afraid just... to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? You're like, wait, wait I have a question. <laughs> I, I, I don't um, like New Jersey. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, listen, we've had bands say. Yeah, oh, I'm kidding. Who are from there. Um, but uh, So then Vinyl Child comes out in 2017. Speaking to your, uh, and I'll cover the, you can take a sip because I have a little bit of, a, of an intro. Um, <laughs> you were talking before about how you want to see different things from different uh, different types of songs from the same artist. And uh, that song, that album has a lot of, you know, various different sounding songs. Yes, that somewhat is. right <laughs> after each other. But I heard you say, like, you're, you're, you were happy with that. Like, you, you were glad with the way that came out. I was, I was happy that we got to explore so much on that album. And would it have been maybe more palatable to record buyers if it 
was a specific genre, maybe it would have. I don't. I don't know. I don't like. I don't write. I don't write music so people buy it. I guess that's my. I love that though. Like I <laughs> yeah, think that's I mean, but, terrific. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's the best way to do it. I would assume because there's so many of these that's bands. True if art. You're, like if you're going to that genre, it's like that's great. I get it. Like you can. I guess going back to my point, like the one hit wonder thing. Could, are you more? Are you happier? If you're doing the music that you enjoy, Mm -hmm. right, Right. for the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. or are you happier having that one-hit wonder thing that you have to play over and over again that you eventually just, you you have, like, bad feelings Mm -hmm. about? Right. I am not Uh, comparing myself to Bob Dylan at all right now, but but it's funny that somebody that should have the audience's trust at that point was, like, basically they were upset that he was playing electric that he sold out like this guy is one of if not the best songwriters Mm -hmm. of this or any century and you're all not trusting him on this (laughs) that that maybe he can play electric guitar maybe he can move in this direction maybe he can do something different than be this sad cafe guy spitting about politics like maybe he can try something else (laughs) I'll, i'll give my young teenage mind when Vitology for Pearl Jam came out mm-hmm. and like Eddie Vedder was playing the accordion, right. I was like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. I'm in. Like, I, I trust you. Like, I really like your music. So, and then that kind of stuff made me more, I guess, open. I'm not going to say like that, that one song, but some of that stuff was kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. I can hear this other instrument and not be like, oh, no, that's right. the genre I don't listen to. Yeah. So. Which I'm also now. Now we're going to talk about Taylor Swift. Did you see that coming? Did you see it? Here she is. <laughs> oh, I did. Uh, there was something about her evolution that struck me, where, man, it was country, 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 mm-hmm. and then the turning point of the album Red, where you really get some of those pop sounds in there, right. like not just, hey, this is not a typical country beat or tempo, the instrumentation, the, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. what What are they? Like, shake it off, right? Is yeah. That one? Well, I mean, that, that's, that's from pop? 1989. Okay, sorry. But. <laughs> <laughs> I do know Taylor Swift. But, yes. But, yeah, like, Pink, right? Who's a Bucks County. Right. Per- mm-hmm. She started off total, um, I remember this, because I saw her videos on TV. Like, that was very much more rap-ish it harder was, Airbnb, right? I don't remember. I can. I she her first song was very more. It wasn't more rap, but it was that R and B like late nineties okay. type style. And then she kind of got more into the pop she's into now. I don't know. I mean, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It, I wish I knew. I I don't know uh, Pink's beginnings. I think she it wasn't was, bad. She just you know yeah, it mm-hmm. just it was different than it is now. Mm-hmm. You know? And some some audiences and some people allow the artist the grace to do that they mm-hmm. give them space to explore and other people are like oh you're a sellout like in what way <laughs> just let them make the music that's speaking to them mm-hmm. if you don't like it it's not for you right i, I guess that's why people are thing. afraid of change too you know like you, you have your band you like and then if it sounds a little bit you're like oh no i have to go down sure. this thing i mm-hmm. want to just hear more songs that sound right. the same Right, and I would think that's a person who doesn't. It's a radio, right? That's a, it's the a challenge wedding. of writing a song. Like they don't know what goes into that, and 
you know, how you're just cutting your heart open and pouring it out of me. Like, mm-hmm. well, wait, do people want to even hear that? I mean, that's they're just going to be like, no, can you just give me the same? Right. No, that's why I tell jokes on stage. <laughs> I have learned. I'm like, girl, can I say... Can I say S H I T? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, you can say shit. <laughs> so the shit that I nice. write is yeah. a bit, it can be maudlin, mm-hmm. I would say. Touch maudlin. And sometimes I'll play just the most sad sack stuff you've ever heard. And immediately follow it up with some quip on stage or like, you know, I'll just belittle myself or I'll joke about the stupid hat I'm wearing. Just I'm like, yeah, it's too heavy in here right now. I don't want y'all sitting with this feeling. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you talked earlier about being a hopeless romantic and that that's some of the lyrics that you write yeah. is a lot of that stuff. And I think it's so interesting, like, to be honest, like, it's such an interesting take on it. It's not your classic, like, oh, heartbreak song, like. The one that Honey Neron to us, I think, is such a very unique take on a breakup song. Yeah. It's such a different <laughs> style, and it's so beautiful, and one of the best songs I've ever heard, to be honest with you. Oh, thank Absolutely. you. Mm-hmm. That means a lot. Yeah. No, I, and, and it's, it's also the, the powerful vocals, and, and, you know, I'm much more a person who's into just the music, um, but when the, the vocals are just adding to it, it's just so great. Thank you. Yeah. I, I get a lot of help um, with... Eric, my drummer, mm-hmm. Eric Laurie, he has a beautiful voice, and it just sits with mine so nicely. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever had that experience with a male singer sure. before. I I love singing with my husband. Mm-hmm. We have two very different voices, <laughs> which is also wonderful and sure. nice. Mm-hmm. It doesn't quite have that blend to it mm-hmm. where... Sometimes I feel like we're Johnny and June. Mm. Like he has this <laughs> deep, deep voice right. that is uh, like amazing and has that gravel to it. And I'm like a, you know, like a soprano. Sure, like right, right, it's right. like doing really high <laughs> notes. So sometimes I I struggle to to meet him halfway with the keys that <laughs> right, we right. that we sing in. Yeah. But with Eric, it just kind of. It just sits. It's just there, mm-hmm. and we melt together vocally. And I'm uh, so lucky that he wants to play music with me. <laughs> <laughs> and how is it? How is it going? I mean, I know that you play Music Fest, and we're going to share some uh, music from that. Yeah. Um, since then, have you guys been touring? I mean, I know that for all bands we talk to, it's nebulous. It's it's what have you? It's maybe taking some time away. I love nebulous. That's yeah. one of my favorite words. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for using that. Um, I gotta Google some big <laughs> four-letter word. I mean, four-syllable words. I would say we're not on a break or anything because we're all still in touch. We all still very much want to play music for people, but. This this invisible reset button yeah. was hit in September where I feel that people's works called them back to the office. Mm-hmm. Children were back in school who had been homeschooled for a year and change. You know, all this stuff was kind of like, okay, back to reality. And my drummer is actually a public school teacher. Sure. So that wow. happened. I own this business Things are opening up more, and my my bassist is actually a multi-talented man. He's a stand-up comic. He's in mm-hmm. several different projects. He helps right. with Ballet X. Wow. Like, wow. he's, yeah, he's all over the board. His name is Josh Matches. Also incredibly lucky that he wants to play music awesome. with me. 
um, I just think we need to reconnect soon, which we are. We're getting together um, like a couple days, and we're recording a live at five for Radio 104.5, so that'll okay. be fun. But it's just been hard to gather together when we're all just pulled I agree, yes. in these different directions. Especially when you're a school teacher. And, and especially when you're a school teacher. But running a business, you just, you know, essentially this is a brand new business. You, know, you purchase, it hasn't been that long since you've done it. So yeah. even, I mean, honestly, even us coming down today, and I'm very happy, but it's just like, whew, okay, how, what's tomorrow going to look like for me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I'm willing to do that. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know. I mean, I feel personally, when is this going to go out? This should be out in the next couple of weeks. Um, sure. You know, I, I feel like the, the holidays are hopefully going to be that time we can recharge a bit and then I come out so. in the spring. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I think we all, th- this was a tough fall so far. Not to mention this area experienced so much flooding, so much. Yeah. like. And unfortunately it, may have some tonight. Like and may, oh, yeah, hopefully. God. Yeah. Right. So it's just been a tough fall and readjusting to the before times like trying to remember okay what's it like to be at my nine to five again i've been sitting Mm -hmm. in my pajamas staring at a computer screen that's not my experience because i've been here the whole time but for so many people or when you are out you have that anxiety being out like i have a daughter so it's like okay what am i doing here that's safe so it is when we don't have some of that i think it'll I think we we all could use some nice, quiet, easy holidays. <laughs> we really could just some some recharge time, make plans to get them done. Uh, Does that mean you next year you make like a holiday record? I think that that's what I heard. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah. We do have one holiday song called "Party Dress" that's on Apple Music, but I don't. Right. I don't think I have a whole album yeah. worth. Or if you're of interested, in December we could do a live stream. I will of, come of back you down. Your husband here, yeah. doing some. some oh some yeah, songs. that would actually be really fun. I thought that would. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We it, when I play with my husband, we go under cheap dates, <laughs> <laughs> which very accurately describes us <laughs> and the sound we're going for. <laughs> kind of, that kind should of be your soaked. your. Uh, um, spin-off pop band in Taylor Swift style, Cheap Dates. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then do you do any Johnny and June covers when you do that? We do, yeah. Oh, of course. We, That's awesome. We do Jackson together. And, oh, cool. Uh, what are, another favorite one. Um, we actually did... Uh, I can't think of it right now. I'm sorry. No, no, it's no. A, no. It's a, it was a... Beautiful. I, it was a Tom Petty song we did together. Oh, cool. Uh, I can't remember which one, but it's one that shouldn't sound as sad as <laughs> as we made it sound. Everybody was like, I didn't know that was even a yeah, Tom like, Petty song. I'm like, yeah, we really ruined it, back didn't to the we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we back to the maudlin. We just threw that one in that bucket. Sometimes you got to go sad. Yeah. Well, listen, when they go I, high, you go low. <laughs> I, I, I want to shop around. I, I was serious yeah. with that Christmas well, record. One, is I, yeah, no, just, go ahead. Yeah, just yeah, put but, the cap, before we kind of finish off okay, with Music yeah. Fest, um, the last right. album that came out, Queen Coyote 2019, yes. has a really cool aspect to it that I don't know that everyone would inherently know. It was 2020, if you can believe that. Well, okay. My research was, <laughs> the, I'm going to have to talk to my the, research the team, single, which is me. The single <laughs> came out in 2019. That's so the first single was 2019, but... Believe this or not, Queen Coyote came out um, March. 
I think it was seventh or eighth, mm-hmm. and then the entire world shut down the Just next week. Melted, yeah, like a week so later. So that was where, awful. No, it came of, out on the sixth, I think. Uh-huh. Do you record? Do you have like a home recording studio, or do you, where do you record? We record. We've done a lot of different setups. We were in a friend's apartment. We okay. most recently did a session at Hopetown Sound. And that was just like a giant, like open floor plan studio mm-hmm. with little some isolation booths, and that's how we did Queen Coyote. I really that's wanted exactly us all to. to play together, right? Because that makes such a difference. I do not like laying tracks, laying tracks, and piecemealing mm-hmm. things together because the, the connections. Like, lost. If you like live music, you will love this recording because you can tell that it's not a live recording. But it was recorded live, I guess, might be the way to say it. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, obviously, there were some overdubs. And, sure. But uh, you're all playing together at the same time. We're all playing. The, 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 the heart of the music is all happening at and the same time. And you can tell time. when you listen to it. Yes. Especially on vinyl. <laughs> I wish that one was on vinyl. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. But listen, do I have that kind of money? <laughs> I don't know that I do. I might have to crowdfund. Y'all want oh, yeah, Queen Coyote on vinyl? Let's do a Kickstarter yeah. to put Queen Coyote on vinyl. Yeah. I can't. 100%. I can't front this money, boys. I just bought a shop. I just bought <laughs> in the a middle of a pandemic. I mean, yeah. Well, that's I bought we'll a do. book and vinyl. The holiday show. We'll, we'll we'll ask for funds to you to be able to fund the vinyl. Yeah, there we go. Let's do it. Easy peasy. Um. Anyway, so yeah, that that kind of sums up how we got to here today. You've played Music Fest several times. Um, what's your take? Like, how do you uh, feel when you play there? Anything? Any good Music Fest stories? We love Music Fest so much. One of my favorite music fest memories is playing in the theater, the the, the movie, theater. movie theater. Yep. Yep. And the marquee, somebody screwed up and wrote, "Up next, Dolly Dollhouse." <laughs> <laughs> so occasionally, my band just looks at each other and is like, "Dolly Dollhouse practice next week." Dolly Dollhouse. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So that's one of my favorite memories. I. It's like we, on the Kid Bop record. <laughs> we always enjoy walking around and stuffing our faces. And I got the poutine this past awesome. music fest, flying which v. was yeah. Yeah, the flying beautiful. Yeah. Just delicious. That's a, the, the people who own that business. They're legit Canadians. Like, they that's had a, why it's so good. They had a Big Mac poutine. Oh. And I went, I'm like, I have to purchase. I ate a third of it. Right. And then I'm, I'm like, I don't know what I'll do with it. Took it home. It took me like three more days. <laughs> oh my God. But it, cause yeah, it was, food is it was that leftover food. You're like, I'm not going to throw I this know. away, but I'm also, there's so much of it. There's mm-hmm. so much. It's so good. You need yeah. a friend. They I had this. I had well, can we, we should get one. them to sponsor, sponsor us. Yes. Flying V. We love Flying you. V. We love Flying we're not, v ex- we're not expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Flying V presents the Dolly Dollhouse Christmas Spectacular. We've already made it for them. Yes. With, you know, uh, Queen Coyote vinyl in its mm-hmm. sights. We can do it. We, we can make that happen. Yeah. I think we can. Um, but yeah, so uh, the, and back to like where we are now. Now, right? Yeah, like now, yeah, now. this future thing. Like, I guess I'm. I was hoping to hear. Yeah, we've got something booked for February. We just uh, haven't announced it yet. Yeah, but the, no, we're. I'm taking my time. Mm-hmm. I'm taking my time, and if I'm gonna play locally in the near future, it's really got. I. I want to make sure the audience feels safe, my band feels safe, sure. and um, sure. that it's worth the time for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that I'm dying to perform again mm-hmm. and have been since we stepped off the stage at Music Fest. So 
It's not far from my mind at any time. But it's like you want to wait till you're 100. Yeah. I just want to. Yeah. I want to feel comfortable. I want to. Uh, we're really focusing right now on recording another album. That's so awesome. I've been writing a lot and talking to uh, an engineer about getting that started. So there's stuff in the works. You might not <clears throat> see us live for a little bit, but I promise it will be <laughs> posted everywhere <laughs> when we are again because I, I miss I miss everybody. I miss that. That's awesome. The, the, yeah, the whole rush thing, of a live the whole audience. shebang. Nothing yep. like it. Well, We'd love to, I mean, honestly, and I'll leave my card with you. I mean, you'll have my info, but we would love to come back to do something. I mean, we're, we're nowhere to Lehigh Valley with love, okay. but is what is it now? You know, is wherever, hopefully, that can expand and mm -hmm. we want to reach Southeastern more. We're sister counties, yes. right? Well, it's just, it doesn't have to be, you know, I get made fun of because I'm in Bethlehem. They're like, you don't leave Bethlehem. Well, here I am down in Newtown. Right, so, exactly. Uh, so take know, that and yes. it. He's in Newtown, everybody. <laughs> So what, what bars are we going to hit up after this? Actually, we're going to Philly. Yeah, we're going so. to Philly. And to your point about feeling safe at shows, all the shows that I'm now yeah, buying tickets around. for, all are mandated vaccines for yeah. all attendees. So I think venues and artists are kind of insisting yep. upon that. Um, and if people want their money back, they can have it. And, well, and it's time to get back. That. And it's, you mm -hmm. know, like if we want to do it or we don't. So. Yeah. I mean, it's readily available. It's free. It's proven. So, like, you know, there's no reason not to. And if yeah. you're still of that mindset, that's fine. You just can't go to a show. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So I, I think it's important to, uh, even if you feel that you're of a sound constitution and and you're not at risk to think of, you know, there's... People in my family who mm -hmm. are immunocompromised. Yep. One of my very best friends is immunocompromised, mm -hmm. and uh, it's it, you're doing it for them. Correct. As, more mm -hmm. than you're doing yep. it for yourself. Sometimes you're absolutely. doing it for yes. them. Mm -hmm. so. That's why I do it. Yes, absolutely. On that note. Yes. We're gonna look around. Yeah. I got They're closed today. So. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. We were there. It's not. Yeah. Uh, well, John's right. Um, Newtown Book and Record Exchange. We're going to have all the stuff in the show notes for people who want to learn more about mm -hmm. where we are because I'm sure you know it's visually interesting. So we want to check it out. And yeah, we appreciate it's your basically not quite an hour down here. So you can, even, if yeah. you're on you know, uh, a kick to buy a certain vinyl, I'm going to guess it's here or a used book. And there's plenty to see in Newtown. Plenty we have to see in like Newtown. the Great oldest foods. and longest running uh, movie theater in the country, I believe. Wow. How about and it's that? just down the street. We have... Make a day of it. <laughs> yeah, we, we have I, the I, Temperance House, where there's so much yeah. historic shit around here. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just learn history. Right, yeah. Is it haunted? Is Come there anything the haunted? There's, you've got to believe there's haunted. ghosts. Yes, there's yeah. ghosts. Yep. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, and then all the Dirty Dollhouse links and stuff. We, Everything's in the show. We build a Spotify playlist of all the people we interview, so we'll have that out there. The, we'll edit some of the video we have from Music yep. Fest into this so that that'll be in there. And then we'll link to some of your, like, the YouTube channel and that kind of stuff as well. Uh, we'll go for 30 minutes an hour later. <laughs> Which is great. Oh, that was great. Yeah, no, no, like, it was awesome, fantastic. Yeah. I yeah, love thank it. you so much. Thank you so much, Chelsea. You're very it. welcome. Thanks for coming. Thank you again to Chelsea Mitchell of Dirty Dollhouse and the Newtown Book and Record Exchange. You can find out more about both in our show notes. DirtyDollhouseMusic.com NewtownBookandRecord.com we are the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast, and we hope to talk more to you guys soon. Hit us up, info at lehighvalleywithlovemedia.com. We would love to interview you, get your business on our podcast, or do something fun. 
I'm George Wacker. We'll talk soon. Looking for a bigger home? Find Mike. Looking to downsize? Find Mike. Looking for a home in the Poconos? Find Mike. Looking for your very own bat cave? Find Mike. When looking to navigate the Lehigh Valley real estate market, the first move is to always find Mike Bernadine with Howard Schaefer and Associates of Remax Real Estate. He can help you build the right game plan to achieve all your real estate goals. Whether it be a home with 10 bathrooms, a home with a large garage to park your Tesla or vintage Ford Pinto, or just something perfect for you and your family, finding Mike Bernadine is always the best way to go. So, what are you waiting for? To make all your Lehigh Valley real estate dreams come true, all you have to do is find Mike Bernadine with Howard Schaefer and Associates of Remax Real Estate.